Steps over Petrangelo, right for Eichel. He shoots and scores! Off the bar and in. Tie game. Jack Eichel. Power play goal. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. And live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Stone sets up Eichel across the line. Left wing Barbashev. Stone in front shot. Score on the rebound! First try got stopped, second time gets through. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the Woo! second straight year, the Vegas Golden Knights two and zero out of the gate uh, off the All Star break. Uh, pretty good uh, response last night. No letdown. Uh, impressive performance. Being able to uh, both establish the lead and then hold off the Arizona Coyotes. It was a it was a really good hockey game. We'll get into it with our game rating. We'll also bring you news and notes. Uh, from around the National Hockey League with our one-timer segment in hour number two. The Hockey Parlay Contest uh, returns today. It's been a while since we went down that avenue. Yeah, it has uh, a couple of weeks, but uh, that just means that whoever we we pick today is going to have a a chance to win uh, $500, and they better bring it because I think we've got some pretty good games this week. All right, so you guys got first pick. So I'm going to sort through the rest of it. Uh, it's three games. Uh, you pick mm-hmm. the winner, uh, whoever is the lucky participant. And if you pick the winners of all three games, uh, you will walk off with uh, some cash. How much were we playing for today? 500 bucks today. $500. 500 bucks. <laughs> what would you do right now for with $500? Ooh. That's a really good question. What would I do with $500? Um, I would probably buy, like, a new pair of shoes. Some, like, really nice really high-end shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like – I mean, I have, like, a lot of different running shoes. I've got different, like, shoes for different applications. Uh, but I, I think I probably need a really nice pair of shoes. That's like dress probably shoes? the direction I would – uh, maybe dress shoes. Like I, I don't have enough dress shoes in the rotation, so it, it'd probably be, um, you know, a nice tan leather loafer, something like that would probably be really fun. Chapman, what would you do for five with five hundred dollars? Well, I'm I'm gonna go in the same kind of direction, except I'm gonna go the op an opposite part of the body. I was down at Media Day today, down at Mandalay Bay or Media Row, and before before you go any further, yes, you have me completely fascinated and captivated. Okay, well, with this, well, hear saying me out. Hear the me same out. same sort of vein, yeah, but a different in, part of the body. As in, as in, so I have no well, idea where in, you're going with this. As in clothes, but not like pants or know, a shirt or jacket. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you've got me just hooked right now. So, hmm. I'm a big fan of Cam Newton. And one of the trademarks of Cam Newton is he always wears, like, really cool hats. And I'm a hat guy. Like, I've got a ton of hats. But nice. Cam Newton, along the lines of P.K. Subban, they rock the fedora as well as anybody. And every time you see Cam Newton, he's got a really cool hat on. And In fact, I saw him on a game show the other night with his brother. He had a really cool hat on. So 
I would buy a very nice hat. Not like a what's, cowboy what's hat. What's a hat? Like, like a, what's like a hat worth? Well, the last the, <laughs> the last hat I bought uh, was about well, 90, on, was about ninety dollars. Chapman, you said you wanted cowboy boots. Just get a cow, get get yeah, some cowboy yeah, but, boots yeah, but, and, a, see, and, a, and a hat. I'm, I'm to gonna go. I'm not gonna buy a cowboy hat because I'm not really not? because I I'm a poser. I can't wear a cowboy hat. No, 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 no. Here's the thing: you're eccentric enough that it would be okay. Maybe, but I was already gonna buy the boots. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. if I saw a really cool cowboy hat, like the like the cowboy hat we saw William Carlson wearing. The black one, mm-hmm. I think he got it. He think he said an Aspen or something like that. Like, that's a really cool cowboy hat. But, like, I, I would want something colorful. The last hat I bought was, like, a fedora, and it's wine-colored. So I would mm-hmm. I would spend a, 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 a little bit extra on a hat and buy something nice like that. Okay, you got $500 available to the mm-hmm. contestant of one-timers today uh, or of the uh, hockey parlay contest today. I don't know. Text us, uh, 702-876-1340. Uh, if you won the $500, what would you do with it? Uh, keep this string going. What are you uh, doing throughout with it, the Derek? show? Uh, yeah. Probably put gas in my car. Oh, stop. Oh, Dang. come on. You make $350,000 no, a year. You're, you're not putting yeah, gas in Yeah, it can't be anything practical. That's ridiculous. But I've, I, I have everything else. Uh, you know what? Oh, okay. I, 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 would, I, I don't know whether I could get I can't get it for $500, but I would love a new driver. Uh, not not driving my car, but a uh, golf driver. I would take that uh, certainly, but I'd have to find a deal on it for five hundred dollars, or I'd have to chip in some of my own uh, whole cold hard cash. Uh, big win last night uh, by the Vegas Golden Knights over the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, ends up being. Um, Maybe a little closer than we thought in the first five minutes, but uh, that was a very solid performance by Vegas. You never got the feeling that they were being pushed at all or that they lost uh, sight of the game. Yeah, it's it's funny that you bring that up because that was essentially my message in the postgame show last night. When you look at you know, the game as a whole for the Golden Knights, yeah, you – you look at the first six minutes, you were expecting that maybe they're going to score some more goals. You would have liked to have seen that, but Karel Vamelka came in. He was really good in the second period, uh, but the Golden Knights shut it down. Like There really wasn't a lot from Arizona in terms of a push. Like I know that there was own time here and there, but it really didn't lead to anything dangerous. And I think for the Golden Knights, you go out there, you score the goals you need, and then you shut things down. At no point in time did I feel like that game was getting away from the Golden Knights. That you're, you're right on the money there. A goal 19 seconds in. First time this year that the Golden Knights have scored in the opening minute of a game. And uh, and it wasn't a fluky one uh, where you bounce it in off a stanchion or there's just somebody blows a tire and you happen to score uh, that early in a game. Uh, they were able to recover a puck off the draw and break it out and uh, transition into a good scoring opportunity. And it was uh, as good a video as a coaching staff would ever be able to show their team in being able to turn around uh, and generate an opportunity. And then the second goal was the exact opposite in the sense of you throw a puck on the net and it bounces around. And uh, after mm-hmm. the, the first period, uh, Nick Hague still wasn't sure that he, he deserved credit for that <laughs> thing because it bounced up in the air and over uh Connor Ingram and the the third goal was beautiful shot by Chandler Stevenson. So they they just had it going on last night. And Chandler Stevenson is feeling it right now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He is really 
I, it's just, the the skating is is exactly where you expect it to be. He seems like he's absolutely flying out there. Uh, you got that chemistry with Mark Stone. It was a great pass from Stone, but you know Stevenson when he's feeling it, he's shooting the puck, and when he's shooting the puck, good things are happening. He's got back to back game winners. That's awesome for him. Uh, I think he's shooting a little bit more too, and there was no yeah. other choice but to shoot last night uh, because he was basically in uh, alone uh, behind the defense uh, as he grabbed that puck and neutralized territory. And uh, I don't know whether, and I talked to Bruce Cassidy at length today, and uh, I'll bring you some of the thoughts uh, from that interaction uh, with, the, with the head coach, Bruce from Summerlin, and uh, what his plans are for the Super Bowl and, uh, and a few other uh, little tidbits uh, from around the team. But uh, I said to Bruce, uh, being on the ice the other day with the guys, uh, I don't know whether it was just being inside the glass uh, that allowed me to have this perspective or mm. it's just an, an outward uh, a really good spot that, that Chandler Stevenson's in but he he is he's smiling, he's happy he, he's just in a great place, looks like he's in a great place personally and, and professionally right now Yeah, I I mean, I, I don't have the, the knowledge of, of being on the ice with him in that regard, but, you know, confidence is incredibly important, and I think what you what you have right now with Chandler is an incredibly confident hockey player. Like, he's not so much last night just in terms of face-offs, but he's been, he's been really good in the circle. Again, the, the, the legs are going. The skating is, is where you want it to be. And I, I think to your point, like, he is shooting the puck more. He's scoring more. He's more involved in in kind of what the Golden Knights are doing offensively. And he's a big cog in this machine. We talked about it yesterday. Maybe he is kind of in that secondary wave, an honorary misfit, so to speak. He's just played 300 games with the with the Vegas Golden Knights. And, and I think that what you're getting right now out of Chandler is probably some of the best hockey he's played for this team this year. Well, think about what they've been missing lately. William Carlson's been out. Uh, Jack Eichel is out. So they've had... Uh, mm-hmm just uh, two of their regular center icemen uh, available. And Nick Waz got a lot of attention, and uh, deservedly so, as he's on the best run of his uh, National Hockey League career, points in six straight games. But right there with them has been an increased play uh, and production in Chandler Stevenson. And uh, Bruce mentioned their group, they they like they want more responsibility. They they're a, a very balanced team. You see it on the blue line. You see it up front. Uh, they'll roll four lines. They'll roll three pairs. Uh, they they get by and succeed with their depth. But when situations like this come up, guys really do want to step up. And it's not like that with with everybody where you're comfortable in in embracing that role. Uh, some players uh, will do it uh, just by default, uh, and it comes just absolutely naturally. Others uh, have to be brought into the fight. This this group, they, they outwardly embrace the opportunity to do more, and that appears to be a little bit about what is happening with Chandler Stevenson. He's, he's playing top six anyway, but he knows that there's uh, a little bit uh, more to fill uh, without a Jack Eichel uh, around uh, and without uh, William Carlson uh, before this week. And, and he's, he's embraced that. And uh, he got through what was a, a, a start to the season that wasn't producing points the way that he would have liked. And right mm-hmm. now, 
he is playing the best hockey of the season. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it comes at the right time, obviously, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, you want Chandler Stevenson picking up points. You want him having, um, you know, games like he's had the last two coming out of the out of the bye week in the All-Star break. And, you know, I, I think that kind of that ownership, right, When whenever there's a player that goes out, whenever this team has been faced with that kind of adversity when it comes to injuries – the challenge has been there, at least for, for Bruce Cassidy in the in the year plus that he's been here, for other guys to take ownership and step up and, and give a little more, do a little bit more. Um, you know, you had some you had Jack Eichel do it last year when Mark Stone went down, and now you're having Chandler Stevenson and, and by extension now William Carlson back in the lineup, uh, kind of picking up Jack Eichel. And, and I think that that's kind of an area that speaks to the, the closeness of this team and, and how much they want to play, not just for themselves, but for one another. You know, there wasn't the payoff last night for Mark Stone in that game from a, like, multi-point breakout, awesome, memorable mm-hmm. game. But he he was a beast last night. And in, in yeah. that first period, you could not get by him in the neutral zone. And it, his his ability to generate chances and and uh, play at both ends of the ice, he, he was really solid last night. That, that was an... Um, a flying under the radar type game from from Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson and Paul Cotter. Yeah, for sure. I I think Mark Stone just everything that he does in the neutral zone is is you know kind of we take it for granted. We see it all the time. His ability to steal pucks, his ability to turn you know solid defensive play into really quality offensive chances. And I've really liked Paul Cotter's inclusion on that line alongside Stevenson and Stone. I, I think for Cotter he. He's starting to kind of build his game in the right direction too, and I, I do like him with those two guys. So, um, you know, Mark Stone, I it, it's hard because, again, we get to see it every day. We get to see him play every single night. We get to see Ma- Mark Stone's magic, and sometimes, as you mentioned, if the points don't necessarily accompany it, if it's not a two- or three-point night, it kind of flies under the radar. But, you know, Mark Stone just creates so much out of nothing, and that's why... Um, he's not only the captain, but the leader of the team. Led the game in takeaways last night and now tops mm-hmm. the National Hockey League in takeaways uh, with, with Mark Stone. This is where I say, are you going to put him in the Selkie conversation uh, as well? Because you've got everybody else in the in the Selkie conversation. No, no, I won't do that. He's a winger. He's not going to win it. Come on. <laughs> I know, because wingers rarely ever uh, win that. Uh, the, the other part of uh, I've got... that game last night that impressed me was – it, it was a point night early. It, it looked like they were going to run Arizona right out the end of the building. And guys were going to have an opportunity to pile it up. And it, and it didn't happen, but they didn't get away from their game. And in a lot of cases, you'll score a couple of goals early, and you get loose because guys are chasing the points. And the, the discipline of this team it may not be fun because you want a wide-open game, but it it was noticeable last night how they stayed within their structure. Yeah, and that was important, right? Like that's kind of the the mark of a really good team. You you have those opening six seven minutes where you know it feels like everything you're throwing toward the net is going in, and then all of a sudden that dries up. And it, again, I give a lot of credit to Karel Vimelka. I thought he was really really good for the Coyotes in relief of Connor Ingram. But, you know, the Golden Knights didn't necessarily push for offense. They had chances. They were there. 
good goaltending on on Arizona's side, but it wasn't a scenario where the Golden Knights were starting to force plays or mismanaging the puck or the game in order to try to find that fourth or fifth or sixth goal. I, I was impressed by it too. I'm really happy for Nick Hegg. Uh, I I was the one at the start of the year that thought it was going to be one of those uh, real pushes offensively mm-hmm. uh, this year because the puck was just zipping off his stick, uh, flying off his stick. But that was his first goal since game two this year. Sure. And uh, yeah. and it was a much different goal than any of us expected. You're thinking <laughs> Hagerbaum. You're thinking big uh, big clapper eating up the uh, the goaltender. Nobody wants to block that. And it uh, went up in the air and uh, bounced in behind Connor Ingram. And uh, that that was uh, a real positive too to get uh, get a little bit more out of uh, Nick Hag, who had a new D partner last night, or Daniil Miramano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know for Nick, I think. It's just getting shots through, right? Like that's one of those scenarios where you you want to point to him and say you've got a great shot. We know how hard it can be when you wind up for the slap shot, but you know this one's just a wrister that he gets through traffic and it it, it goes up and over Ingram. Like yeah, but except it didn't go scenarios. through traffic; it just bounced all around. And, well, him it, in it, there. it it hit traffic and then bounced up over. So uh, the fact of the matter is, I, I think for Nick Hague, it's just a a mindset to shoot the puck a little bit more. As you mentioned earlier on, it, it just felt like this was going to be a breakout offensively for Nick Haig. It hasn't necessarily uh, been that yet. I mean, the points are still there. He's still got nine assists, 11 points in 44 games. But, you know, it, you you do feel like there's more offense to be gleaned from him in that spot. And maybe, maybe that bouncer of a goal kind of unlocks something and he's able to, to pile up a couple of points here. Uh, I'm with you. Like, let's see if uh, if it happens. It, ha- it occurred with Zach Whitecloud earlier. Uh, he went on uh, a little bit of a run. Uh, Alec Martinez, when he was in the power play, went on a little bit of a run. Let's see if there's uh, some uh, surge in the production from, from Nick Hague. What do you think of Mirmanov last night, by the way? Um, yeah, I, I thought he was fine. I, you know, obviously you were hoping for maybe a little bit more power play time. Um you know, it didn't necessarily work out in that in that direction. Yeah, there though, wasn't any opportunities, you know, they, really. They, they they did score a power play goal. Comes off the board, but um, yeah, I thought Miramanov was good. I you know you kind of want to see how he's going to play alongside Nick Hague. I, I thought that they were pretty composed in their own zone. And again, he you know it's his first game back in a long time at the National Hockey League level, and you didn't notice him for the wrong reasons. You didn't notice him uh, losing battles in the corner. You didn't notice him uh, getting blown by, by by forwards or anything like that. I didn't feel like he was losing coverage at all. I thought it was a solid game from Miramanov. I think sometimes we put a little bit too much emphasis on the power play aspect with Miramanov, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm putting myself in the, that exa- exact same uh, boat of criticism because it, it's with with this team and uh, with the players that they have uh, asking him to step in and do a lot more than others uh, is is just uh, a little too large uh, but it is a skill set for him and it's a role that that he can play and uh, there's going to be opportunities down the road for him to uh, add to his game uh, in that regard. But for him to to become a regular uh, part of the decor, he has to be responsible uh, 
on on his own side of center, uh, uh, more so than just uh, helping out in the power play. It'll get him into games like he did last night, uh, trying to give the power play a little bit of a boost. But uh, I think that there's got to be uh, a, a more um, a consistent performance. And uh, hope and last night was a great start to to that. Uh, but uh, it it's got to be the overall package instead of us just focusing or uh, mere man of just focusing on the on the man advantage. Yeah, and, and I think we look at it, and, and understandably so, right? When you look at his production at the NHL level, he's got three of his seven points being power play points, a goal and two assists. So you, you know that he's capable of, of giving you that. But as as we've talked about with other players, it's, it's not just Daniil Mirmanov that we're talking about. We've, we've mentioned this with Brendan Brisson. We've mentioned it you know, with, with really any young player that's come up through this this organization like you've got to be able to take care of your own end first you've got to be able to do the 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 little things right that this coaching staff is going to demand of you and then you'll be put in those positions where your skill your skill set can really shine and you know I thought as you mentioned it was a good start for Daniil Miramanov now let's see how he continues to push in the right direction with more games. The other part of last night uh, was Aiden Hill he allowed two goals and his average went up. That's how great he has been this year. But he, yeah. he's now 14-2-2. He's 4-0 mm-hmm. since coming back. And uh, he doesn't get uh, flustered uh, by any means. Uh, he's He's been just really solid. Different game last night than, than Tuesday against mm-hmm. the Edmonton Oilers. He was leaned on a lot more uh, in in the Tuesday game than, than he was last night, but uh, still came up with the saves. Uh, hasn't, hasn't let in what you consider to be any type of soft goal. Uh, when you uh, get into some of the deeper analytics on goaltending and uh, saves above expected, uh, he, he, is, he is very, very uh, well thought of in, in those departments. And you're, you're seeing because of the injury, it's kind of skewed a little bit because there was such a large gap uh, seven weeks without uh, playing. But like fourteen mm-hmm. two and two is is starting to become one of those special seasons in in the National Hockey League. Certainly with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it it really is. Um, I mean, I, I again, we've kind of talked about it. I'm not sure how Aiden's been able to have those prolonged periods of inactivity come back and be every bit as good if not even a little bit better than how he started the season but 14-2 and 2 is a ridiculous record this far into the season as you mentioned the injuries kind of play a part in it but you look at his entire career with the Vegas Golden Knights he's 39 and 3 yeah like that's that's his stat line in terms of wins losses for the Vegas Golden Knights 39 and 3 like he has been every bit this good going on over a year now with within this organization with Bruce Cassidy at the helm and you know I I, I look at Aiden Hill I look at what he's been able to do this season and you you, you wonder what he can potentially do um, if he stays healthy the rest of the year I, I, he's 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 found something here with this Vegas Golden Knights team he has taken his game to another level and it's really fun to watch what did you say his record was 30. Nine and three. I know it's 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 a weird record to enunciate. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because you're thinking <laughs> thirty. You're thinking thirty-nine and three. 
No, he's, yeah. he's, he's lost more than three games. It's good, but it's yeah. 30 yeah. wins, uh, nine losses, and three others. Uh, three others, yep. Aiden Hill. And it's just it's knocking on the door of, of a really cool season. And the more you can kind of keep that going, mm-hmm. the more you work yourself into a conversation to be a finalist for a year-end award. Uh, it's it's going to be tough based on games played, but you you yeah. add to this this mark, and it's those two uh, losses uh, that uh, that he's succumbed uh, to so far uh, in in regulation losses that just jump out at you. It, we're into February. He missed some time, mm-hmm. yes, but you're into February, and you've you've got points in in seventeen of nineteen games. That's mm-hmm. outstanding. Yeah, it is. And, you know, again, it's it's one of those things where it's it's a goaltender that, you know, y- you weren't really sure what it was going to be for the Golden Knights when they brought Aiden Hill in. It was more insurance than anything else. It was trying to figure out what a tandem could look like with Logan Thompson. And Aiden Hill's gone on the run of his life over the last two seasons. And I, I think that right now he's just he's seeing the game so well. He's playing so well. And you're you're right. It's going to be really hard for Aiden to get the number of games that he's going to need to kind of push for, you know, a Vesna conversation. But if these numbers continue, if we're talking about single-digit losses by the end of the year, um, especially with where his goals against average and save percentages and and uh, with goals saved above expected and all that, like it's going to be really hard to keep him out of that conversation the way that he's been playing. Arizona had him. And it's it yeah. funny how goaltenders do take a while to develop or to come into their own. Uh, and mm-hmm. and they used they used a draft pick uh, to bring in in Aiden Hill, and they liked him. He was he was a third rounder. That's that's mm-hmm. right there for really liking a goaltender. You don't see a lot of first rounders at all. The odd second rounder, but third rounder is is where goaltenders uh, uh, tend to be start going in, in the National Hockey League draft. They liked him, and his record was always his numbers were always good. Uh, yeah. His, oh, yeah. His, his record because of where he played wasn't necessarily one of those uh, uh, eye popping uh, marks, but but his his actual numbers have have mm-hmm. always been good. Whether uh, it was uh, Arizona in his in his second year pro where he he really started uh, uh, or second year in the National Hockey League where he played a handful of games, uh, the most uh, uh, that they had to that date with 13, but his save percentage was over 900. His goals against average yeah. was respectable. The next year, uh, 13 appearances, his save percentage went up, his goals against average went down. Uh, then then he started getting the ball a, a little bit more, approaching uh, 20 appearances, uh, save percentage again, uh, over 900. It's never been below that magical 900 mark and and in San Jose uh, career high 25 appearances uh, and he, he won 22 games uh, three years mm-hmm. ago uh, well two years ago but uh, uh, and and those numbers should have been good enough like when you look at what they're going through right now uh, wouldn't they they love mm-hmm. to have them uh, and he grabbed the opportunity in 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 Vegas, and uh, both San Jose and Arizona had this guy, and I don't know whether they ever thought that he could get to this type of stage. Now, 
he's playing behind an unbelievable uh, defensive core. Uh, it's a very goalie-friendly environment, but he still makes saves, and he yeah. is calm back there and is reassuring uh, uh, for for his team. And uh, he is uh, he surpassed expectations based on what everybody thought Vegas was getting when they brought him in. Mm. Yeah, it's it's impossible to say otherwise. Like, you know, you mentioned it with with Arizona. He was a nine oh nine save percentage and a two point seven nine goals against average. That was his average there. Um, the one year in San Jose, a nine oh six and two point six six. So he has been, you know, right there in terms of uh, save percentage, goals against average. What you want to see in a National Hockey League goaltender. He's just kind of taking it to another level with the Vegas Golden Knights. He was a 915 last year, a 937 right now. And, you know, again, he's he found some level to his game. And, and you've talked about kind of, you know, playing in, in Vegas and playing in this system. But uh, the fact of the matter is, as, as goalie-friendly as the system can be, Aiden Hill is still out there making some ridiculous saves. And he's he's just become the guy here. And that's there's no other way to put it. He is every bit the guy for this Vegas Golden Knights team. Just how many bad goals does he give up? I I don't I don't think like maybe maybe two or three. Like all a year bad goal, not very can... often. A goal that you yeah, like to be no, stopped, I... the odd time, but bad yeah. goal, no. Not very often, and and I'll uh, double down on on his record. His his worst mm. record to five hundred in the National Hockey League was mm. two games below five hundred. He was two and four one year. Now he he's the the most starts he had before getting to to Vegas was twenty five. Uh, twenty five appearances, and he was he was ten and eleven on on not a very good Sharks team that year. Yeah. Like he he yeah. finds ways. Uh, to to yeah. get in front of the puck and and give yourself uh, an opportunity to win and uh, he's he's capitalized on that uh, right now and sometimes things just happen right uh, where the right system uh, and the right location and the right team and the right person come together mm-hmm. and that appears to be what we're looking at right now with Aiden Hill mm-hmm. and he's a very quiet goaltender compared to uh, others. Uh, that will grab bigger headlines in and around the league. Uh, other goaltenders that have played here. Uh, uh, he, he's just he's calmer and he's got an, uh, an ability to manage a hockey game in a in a very low key fashion. Yeah, and there's also the confidence factor that he has, right? Like I, I think he, you know William Carlson was pregame guest yesterday on the radio and he was talking about Aiden Hill and how his confidence gives everybody else confidence how you just know what you're going to get right now out of Aiden Hill and allows everyone else to kind of relax and go play their game and and Bruce Cassidy kind of echoed the sentiment in the postgame yesterday and and I think that that's something to Uh, to keep an eye on there too yes he's making the saves but there's a quiet confidence about Aiden Hill he's never rattled and and I do think that that rubs off on the rest of his team he's 27 he'll be 28 in a couple of months Mm -hmm. it's been 120 NHL appearances that's not a lot no like for for somebody of his age uh certainly for somebody that's uh accomplishing what he what he is right now but he's he hasn't been 
uh, a guy that uh, that was the a blue chipper coming out of uh, junior hockey and 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 turning pro. Like he's had to, he's had to work his way through. He's got forty starts in Tucson one year, thirty six another, uh, uh, twenty uh, another year. Like he's he's had uh, a, a large. I don't know whether I can't add it up uh, on the fly here, but he he might have as many AHL starts or, or appearances as he does in the National Hockey League at twenty seven, which tells you that it hasn't been handed to him. Mm-mm. No, and and I think that you know you you kind of get something out of that too, right? Like you have a player that has worked themselves to this position; they've worked themselves to this opportunity. They've they've gotten themselves into a spot that really does work for them, as you've mentioned. And, you know, I, I think that you, when you've had to grind for it, so to speak, when you've had to, you know, spend some time in the American Hockey League and, and push in that direction, I, I think you, you know, you, 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 you'll do anything to kind of keep it. You'll, you'll lock into how you have to play. You'll, you'll, you'll recognize when your game's off and, and try to find it again. And, you know, I, it's good to see you feel good for a player like Aiden Hill who has had to kind of come up the right way and, and, and knock on the door. And now he's seizing the moment and seizing his opportunity. Just did the math. And he, he does have more appearances in the American hockey league than he does in the national mm-hmm. hockey league uh, mm-hmm. at this uh, age of, of 27. Good on him. Uh, well done. Yeah. Hey, Aiden Hill. Uh, let's take a break. And we'll come back with more on the Vegas Golden Knights uh, who have won both games coming out of the All-Star break for the second straight year. We've also got our hockey parlay contest uh, on the way and one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us. Golden Knights scored a couple early and led 3-1 going on a power play and then chased Connor Ingram from the game. Do you guys see how that happened? Don't like. Don't think about what happened on the ice. Look at the box score. Mm. Connor Ingram got pulled, even though he didn't allow a goal for a couple of minutes. Yeah, that that's the way that went down. Uh, mm-hmm. He got taken out after William Carlson had scored on the power play, but that goal didn't stand because it was uh, battered by uh, William Carlson's shoulder. So mm-hmm. on the game sheet. It looks like Connor Ingram or Connor Ingram was taken out in the middle of a penalty kill. Is that not unique? It it was weird. Um, <laughs> it was weird for sure. It made uh, sense I, that you it, would take him out when they when they did. Yes, but when yes. the goal didn't stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, then it's just Connor Ingram was pulled in the middle of a of a penalty kill. Yeah, it's weird. So I had I talked to, to Bruce about this today, Bruce Cassidy, Bruce from Summerlin, and yeah. and I said, uh, "Has that ever happened to you?" And he said, "No." But uh, but I said, "So what?" As a coach, like we all understand, you're trying to to shake things up, uh, uh, Andre Torney, uh, in that situation. But you mm-hmm. you take the goalie out, the goal doesn't stand. Do you put the goalie back in? Because the puck didn't get it. Never, never mind. You're putting in a goaltender <laughs> in the middle of a penalty kill, which even is mm-hmm. even a, a dicier spot to be in for for the guy that you're you're putting in the game. And uh, and he 
he liked the call. Like he agreed. To, you're just trying to shake things up uh, and get your team involved in the game. And it uh, it wasn't on Ingram. The first goal was great by Marsh. So the second goal was a total fluke. The third goal by uh, Chandler Stevenson was flying down the wing. You might want to stop there, but still a great shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fourth one was from the side of the net that uh, William Carlson uh, doesn't get credit for, uh, but uh, but went off the body. So none of that was uh, was on Ingram. But it was it mm-hmm. when you actually sit back and look at it just from the pure statistics of the game it's Connor Ingram coming out even though he didn't allow a goal in the middle of a penalty kill it's one of the more uh, unique uh, events that you're going to see in in our game yeah it it is really interesting because like you could have you could have just relied on your ability to to recognize that that shouldn't have been a goal um, and and tried to get the goal taken off and left Connor Ingram in but yeah, you know, I, I kind of like the the aggressiveness in that spot of you know what, that'd be four goals in the first twelve minutes of the game. Yeah, it, it's just it, sometimes it coaches has to just look at it and say it's not your night. Make the make the move, and you know, fortunately for Arizona, they were able to take that goal off the board, and it made it really interesting in the third period. But um, yeah, I think that that was just Andre Turney reading his goaltender, and as you mentioned, I, I don't fault Connor Ingram for the the three one hole eventually 4-1 hole, then 3-1 hole that the Coyotes were in. Um, but, you know, sometimes a coach has to just, just to ha- has to just look at it and say, it's not your night. We're going to go with the other guy. Bruce and I were, were joking. Like, the, the, the goal comes off the board mm-hmm. while Ingram's yeah. now sitting on the bench. Yeah. Do you go down there and go, ah, just kidding. Get back in there, big guy. Go down there. It wasn't your fault. The goal doesn't even count. Get back in there. You, you can't really, but it, you, you also feel bad for the guy. Like mm-hmm. he, he would have had a chance to dig himself out of that uh, that hole uh, if if that play had not occurred that ends up not standing. Uh, how about the, the fact that and every night we, we teach people that uh, that haven't followed our game uh, a little bit more uh, about the about the sport. You can't do what William Carlson did. You can't direct the puck in off any part of the body. Uh, that means mm. you can't head the puck in like a soccer player, yeah. uh, which some people uh, would be surprised at. Uh, I agree that you. Uh, it's obvious you can't bat the puck in with your hand, but you can't even yeah. do it with your shoulder. You can't do it with a knee. Or or any part of of the body, it can deflect off you, and yep. in, but you can't purpose purposely direct the puck in or knock the puck in with any part of the body, except the skate. Yeah. So you can you can direct the puck in off your skate as long mm-hmm. as there's no kicking motion, and and right. for new hockey fans, I totally understand if you're confused. Mm-hmm by this. You can yeah. direct it in off your skate, but you can't purposely direct it in off any part of your body. That those contradict each other. Uh and yeah. and I think it like the the if everything was equal, mm-hmm. I think last night's goal should have been able to count. Like if if you're going to look at it uh, from top to bottom and 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 alter the rule, you can't glove a puck in uh, I don't think mm-hmm. it should uh, go over to that. I don't think you should be able to kick a puck in. But if you can direct it off your skate, you should be able to knock it in off your shoulder. Or I've seen guys head the puck in. 
Uh, it happened yeah. in a Memorial Cup on, a number of years ago. Uh, Devontae Smith Pelly was the, was the guy that did it, and it was a brilliant oh, nice. play. I'm like, why yeah. do, why can't that count if you're good enough to be able to do that? <laughs> so I'm with you. I feel like if you can headbutt a puck in, like it, it, instead of you know, and listen. I got the argument last night that well, Pavel Dorfiev scored with his face. Yeah, that's true. The puck but it just can hit bounce you in, in the off face and go in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you are actively applying force to the puck to either change its direction or trajectory to get it into the net, it's not going to count. But I'm with you in that William Carlson in that spot is just trying to push the puck down to a position where he can use his stick to put it into the net. I, it, it, it doesn't work out that way because it hits Connor Ingram and goes in. But I'm with you. If you're able to have the body awareness and the skill in those spots to get the puck and maneuver it with your body, so long as you're not picking the puck up with your glove and throwing it into the net or batting it in with your hand, I see no reason why that goal shouldn't count. And, and you can do it with your skate. Like You can direct it sure. in with your skate. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Why can't and, you do that with any other part of the body? Like put your body uh, in a position where you can bank it in. I yeah. Anyway, uh, much we we. It's not a deep problem, but it's one of those ones sure. where it it contradicts uh, uh, the, well, the 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 ruling in a, in the, a number of ways. To be fair, it would make the game a little bit more fun. Like I, um, if you see what, guys in and around the net trying to headbutt pucks in, that'd be awesome. Do, do you know how many goals we get now because we allow pucks to go in off skates compared mm-hmm, to yeah. twenty five years ago? Sure. Thank yeah. goodness they did that. And and I still yeah. uh, the idea that you don't allow a kicking motion is a is a safety measure. You don't want guys mm-hmm. kicking uh, with those razor blades on. But the rest of it, if you if you can knee a puck in. Uh, go for it. If you can shoulder a puck in or head buck, uh, head uh, butt a puck in, uh, all the power to you. Hey, we got the hockey parlay contest coming up. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. Lucky contestant, what? Let's go. Let's go six. Lucky number six. Caller number six to seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. You will play for five hundred dollars. We'll give you three games. You pick the winners this weekend. You're walking out with uh, five hundred dollars. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. That's the one. Parlay. Parlay! Time to parlay with the insiders. Brought to you by Michael E. Minden Diamond Jewelers in the Fashion Show Mall. All right, we're back at it. Uh, hockey parlay contest. First time in a couple of weeks uh, coming up the bye week. So we got to get back into a rhythm. We want to give away $500. That's what the uh, pot is up to right now. Chris Chapman handles the uh, greetings and the salutations with our contestant. Uh, please introduce us, Chris. All right, well, we've got Carmine up on the phone. All right, Carmine, uh, we're going to give you three games. Uh, you pick the winners of all three. You will win $500. Uh, you comfortable with the, how the game's played? Yeah, let's do it. Good, uh, because uh, if you weren't, I was just going to hang up on you and take somebody else, <laughs> because those are the rules. Uh, first game comes courtesy of Chris Chapman. All right, first game uh, up on the docket for you tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock on Long Island as the Calgary Flames take a trip to visit the Islanders. Jeez. I know the Islanders haven't been playing too well recently. Uh 
man, do I really want to go Calgary? Um, yeah, uh, I'll take Calgary. Calgary on the road? Yeah, on the road. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wallace. All right, Carmine. Um, this one should be easy for you, buddy. Edmonton at Los Angeles tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, definitely taking Edmonton. They're looking good, and L.A. hasn't been. So, uh, yeah, Edmonton. Very confident uh, with that uh, selection. Winnipeg Jets will host the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's tomorrow. Again, the Jets haven't been playing great recently. No, they haven't. Uh, I mean, Pittsburgh hasn't been great either. Where did you say it was? Who's at it's, home? It's in Winnipeg, and uh, Pittsburgh's on a back-to-back. Pittsburgh's in Minnesota tonight, and then they're in Winnipeg tomorrow. I, that might be a violation of the rules, giving you that much information, but I'm comfortable <laughs> with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though the Jets haven't been playing great, I think they've lost like like four in a row or something. It's, they're gonna they're gonna come out of it. I'll take the Jets. You follow your hockey. Mm-hmm. That's very impressive, Carmine. You like uh, you're, it's, you're it's, right it's on it. It's my wife. It's my wife. She's she's a hockey nut. Uh, she would probably hmm. do better than I would on, on this on the parlay. So I should have let her pick them. All right, let's uh, run through it again. Calgary and the Islanders. Who you got? Yeah, I took Calgary. Okay, Edmonton and Los Angeles. Who you got? Edmonton. And mm-hmm. Pittsburgh at Winnipeg. Who you got? Winnipeg. Okay, so you're taking two roadies, uh, one homer. Uh, I'll give you an opportunity to change any of those selections. Yeah. All right, switch Islanders. Switch Calgary. All right. Okay, so uh-huh. the Islanders to win at home, and then Edmonton on the road, and Winnipeg uh, at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Carmine, congratulations yeah. on the uh, just uh, going with your gut. You weren't confident early. You switched up. Uh, good luck this weekend. $500 could be yours if you win all three games. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show is coming up. Uh, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, and a little bit more from my uh, conversation catch-up today with Bruce Cassidy as we were able to hang out uh, here at City National Arena just outside Studio 31. Stay with us. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.